Hello there, and welcome to So Talk to Me. This is our, um, what number episode is this? I never know the number. 64. 64. 64 episodes. Like Nintendo 64. 64. Yeah, that's that's how old we are. Mm-hmm. Or Commodore 64. I'm trying to think. Those are the only things that I can, that I don't know what Commodore 64 is. It was, a, it was an old, like, computer video game system. Um, it looks like a, one of those fat DOS computers. Do you know what DOS is? No. Okay. Well, there you go. It was back when <laughs> floppy disks were actually floppy. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, fun times. Anyways, uh, that's my 64 connotations. That's all <laughs> that comes to mind when I think of 64. All I know is that we've made it to 64 we've episodes. We've made it this it's far. pretty crazy. 64 weeks. Pretty cool. That's a lot of weeks. It is. It is. So how's it going this past seven days? Um, it's been all right. Uh, oh. Well, just because the kids have both been under the weather. Yeah. So... And I spend all day, every day with them, so. All day, every day? Yeah. All day. Yeah. Every day. (laughs) But, yeah, they haven't been too bad with their colds. Mm -hmm. Just kind of whiny, Mm -hmm. which is to be expected. But other than that, pretty good. Thanksgiving was awesome. Yeah. It was delicious. It was, indeed. <laughs> Got to spend time with family. Always love that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, did some Black Friday shopping and decorated the house all Christmas-like because I had been telling Oliver for weeks that we were going to, well, I say weeks. weeks. It was probably more like a week. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just felt That's like weeks because he kept asking and asking like and asking. Like every day, yeah. <laughs> um. We finally decorated our tree. So I told him we would after Thanksgiving. So the day after Thanksgiving, we put up our tree. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He's just all about everything Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Christmas trees, all the lights. He's not, I mean, he doesn't know anything about Santa Claus, but he just loves all the Christmassy stuff, all the decorations and everything. Mm-hmm. And Josie just likes to take the ornaments off the tree and throw them or put well, them in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that much was inevitable. I was kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. I figured that's just going to happen from now until whenever we put the tree away. Yeah, many a broken ornament. Yeah, yeah. But Good thing we don't have any glass ornaments. Yeah, seriously. I was actually surprised surprised that she broke a few of them because they're not supposed to break i mean they're thin plastic so mm-hmm. it happens they're not supposed to be thrown either so <laughs> that's true you know that's just how it goes sometimes but yeah you forgot uh part of our thanksgiving oh happened right after we uh recorded our episode something very special with oliver it's probably a couple hours after we recorded our episode because we got the kids up, we got them ready. Oh, that's right. I forgot that we recorded it on Thanksgiving in the morning. Yep. Um. Yeah, poor Ollie. Well, he was the first one to get a little cold. Mm-hmm. Josie has it mostly now. He's still kind of hoarse and congested. Like you can tell that there's still some yucky stuff in his chest, mm-hmm. but he's for the most part pretty much over it. Um. But yeah, it was like Thanksgiving. I think it, unfortunately, it was probably when it hit him the hardest was the cold. Yeah. And then he also hit his head mm-hmm. the hardest he's ever hit it. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, that was freaky. Mm-hmm. He just like, he, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was running or just walking, but he tripped and like hit his forehead like right on the edge of the door. Mm-hmm. So like the door was, oh, you were in the bathroom yep. and this, this this was the, he hit his head on the, the door to the bathroom. And so the door was open. So it wasn't like he hit it and it closed or anything. Like, no, he like hit it straight on. Like the door didn't move. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and it, within maybe a second it was just just like this huge bubble on his head mm-hmm. and we were both just like oh my gosh what yeah. do we do um yeah, yeah it was probably was like three quarters of an inch maybe an entire inch it was huge across and then maybe like half an inch uh bubbled out know. yeah it was yeah it was crazy i had never seen something swell that big that fast yeah yeah it freaked me out it for was sure. crazy but he was fine like he i mean it hurt him he was mm-hmm. crying but he didn't cry for very long he calmed down fairly quickly yeah. and then he yeah. i was surprised he could walk just fine he wasn't disoriented or anything mm-hmm. we just put ice on it immediately and then it, it went down really quickly mm-hmm. but man yeah the like first couple minutes after that happened we were both just like what do we do yeah should we take him into the emergency room yeah yeah Um, luckily my dad's a nurse and so i I was able to call him and after a couple tries i was able to get through and and basically he told us everything that we were doing was right like you know make sure he doesn't have a concussion yeah put ice on it so so the swelling goes down and his explanation actually really helped me is that because the forehead in particular is so shallow, there's nowhere else for blood to go. When you burst a blood vessel like that, mm-hmm. like there's nowhere else for the blood, like in a, in, you know, in your arm and like a meaty part of your body, it can go, there's, there's room. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like your skull and then your skin mm-hmm. <laughs> on your forehead. So there's nowhere else for the blood to go. So yeah. that, that's why it swelled up so quickly. And, um, and yeah, because he doesn't, he, he was, he wasn't disoriented. Like you said, he was yeah. walking just fine. His eyes weren't dilated or mm-hmm. anything. Was- yeah. There wasn't really anything that could be done. We yeah. were already doing it all. So we <laughs> basically, we ran around went along with our plans as normal yep for thanksgiving ollie just had an ice and pack on fine. his head <laughs> yeah yeah well it was funny too because he really wanted to wear it but then when we were in the car because we left probably like half an hour after that happened yeah <laughs> um because we were right about to leave like i was getting ready in the restroom just like getting yeah ready the kids to were leave. already ready mm-hmm. yeah we were ready to go it's just man yeah yeah but yeah he he hit that door really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it just kind of freaked, freaked me out. Yeah, I'd never seen anything like that, and it just, yeah, didn't know what to do. But it worked out. He was fine. He did. Yeah, and <laughs> crazy. And the swelling went down really quickly, so we Man. were able to go on with our Thanksgiving plans. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that that was a week ago. It does not feel like it's been a week. Or it feels like it's been longer. Seriously. Yeah, okay, that's like what I was longer. thinking. Like, it feels like it's been Thanksgiving weeks. It? Yeah. I yeah. don't know why, though. It just feels so long ago. Yeah. Well, I was off on a, on a retreat, a staff retreat with work, and so that feels like, like, even that was just a day, but it feels like it was longer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. So, it, it, I don't know. I, I guess just a lot has happened since then. Which is weird. I was talking to, well, it was actually my other podcast where I was talking to my friend about how, um, like, even my time off, you know, because of kids and because of just like other responsibilities and stuff, life doesn't really ever slow down. <laughs> I just kind of focus on other things. So, like, even time off, it was, there was still a lot of like, okay, get ready, go to this Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, our, our family Still have responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just all kinds of stuff. So it's not really, yeah, it doesn't really slow. There's just always stuff going on and always keeping busy, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's just different. There's no uh, possible way to ever get bored again. <laughs> Seriously so though. Much stuff I mean, do. I don't have a job outside the house and mm-hmm. I'm constantly busy doing stuff. Yeah crazy but that's life right there you go <laughs> yeah 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 raising two little humans keeps you pretty busy mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when they're so adventurous <laughs> oh like today <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh what happened today 
What little adventures uh, do they go on? Uh, well, Ollie really likes to open doors by himself. Mm-hmm. He's really into just mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. things he shouldn't be doing right now. Um, like he really wants to plug things in. Okay. For some reason, he's like really big on that right now. Like he really mm. wants to plug stuff in. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, it's probably because the Christmas lights. Don't do that. <laughs> That's mm. not safe. Um, And always wants to open doors, close doors. Um, And yeah, anyways, I was cooking dinner tonight. So I was in the kitchen, had my back turned because I'm cooking, <laughs> chopping stuff up. Um, and they were in the living room just watching a show like I usually do for them while I'm cooking because I need them to be distracted. And then I hear like the noise of a car going by. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do I hear that? Like, why does it sound so close? Like, why can I hear that so clearly? And I turned around and the door is like wide open and our children are not in the living room anymore. Yeesh. And I flip my shit and I like, (laughs) (laughs) I dropped everything that I was doing. I was holding a lighter in my hand. I just dropped it on the floor and like sprinted out the door and didn't see them like, as when I got out the door, I didn't, they weren't there, like right at the door. Like they weren't in our yard. They weren't oh, wow. on our property and I couldn't see them. And so like for just like the first few seconds that this happened, like I was flipping out, just like thinking the worst, you know? Yeah. And then I just like, I look to my left and they're in the neighbor's yard. But like, okay, I just... I flipped out Hmm. and well, I mean, you lost our kids. So of course you flipped out. Shut up. (laughs) Like, but no, I was so freaked out. Like Mm -hmm. I was so freaked out and so scared and like grabbed the kids, brought them back and brought them back. And I also wasn't decent when all this happened. So like, (laughs) I'm like running outside our house, not decent, (laughs) Hmm. grabbing our children, getting them inside and just like completely lose it on Oliver. I'm like crying. So I'm like, you could have died in the street. You could have been kidnapped. Like just like all this, like he's three. He doesn't understand what's happening, Mm -hmm. but I'm like just all freaked out and like yelling and screaming at him. Like I felt so bad afterwards. I apologize to him, but like, Oh my goodness. I was just so scared. Mm -hmm. I just, I literally thought the worst that they were just gone. Yeah. Anyways, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I don't think Ollie will be opening the door anytime soon. That's all I have to say. Well, that's good. It's probably for the best, you know, so that he won't get kidnapped in our front yard. (laughs) We live in a rough part of town, guys. (laughs) No, not at all. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, that would be, well, okay. Well, I don't, I don't know how far we want to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) I was just thinking like, if they started walking down the street, I would think that someone would see them and like ask them where their house was. And then I was like, would they know where their house was? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they wouldn't be able to say like their address. Right. Right. But anyways, I guess it doesn't matter because that's not what happened. (laughs) They were just playing in the front yard. The neighbor's front yard. Yeah. Well. That's fun. Without any shoes on. So like Ollie was like, my feet hurt. (laughs) Get inside. Of course they do. That's why we wear shoes, dude. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's cool. (laughs) It's been an interesting day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. How was your day? (laughs) My day was good. It was good. Except the, I, I woke up later than I 
wanted to, and the kids woke up earlier than I thought they would. So yeah, I'm way behind weird. on school stuff. So that's fun. <laughs> but um, you know, other than that, it's yeah, it's been a good day. That's good. Catching up on stuff at work because I was off at the staff retreat, and so uh, I haven't been doing kind of my normal work week stuff. So there's stuff that need to be done, and yeah, I know it's a good day. Cool. <laughs> We're boring. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So, talk to me. Uh huh. What uh, what do you have on the docket? What you want to talk about? We'd shift into our main topic here? I guess so. We didn't really have a segue, so I'm just like, whatever. I don't really have anything else to talk about, so let's just go ahead and get into it. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, um, you know how we've been going through the five points of Calvinism, right? The the letters of the tulip? Sort of. Just because I mean... we can. <laughs> you know, if there's nothing else to talk about, there's not Thanksgiving to talk about. Or wait, 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 did we talk about it on Thanksgiving? No, we, we no. did like a thank. Did we? Ah, uh, thankfulness. Two? Thankfulness. That's yes, right. we did thankfulness. Yes, because and because it was Thanksgiving, that makes sense. Yeah, and I talked about God showing me my sin and helping me. Yeah, fight it. Awesome. Well, yeah. So, so we figured we'd just go ahead and continue down the road. Um, you know, starting with L because that's just what we did um, a while ago. Yeah, but then we doubled back to the T. And so today we're on the U. The U and Tulip. What does the U and Tulip mean? stand for? Unconditional election. Unconditional election. Interesting. Unconditional. Conditional. Unconditional. <laughs> That's only in your head because of Rhett and Link. Yep. Hey oh. Um, so what is an unconditional election? What does that mean? It it's a means fun word. <laughs> or a couple of words stuck together. <laughs> Uh, it means that there was no condition of our own, like no work that we did to ensure our salvation. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's good. And I think, um, it's important to, to denote that this, again, when we talk about, um, the, especially the five points of Calvinism, in general, they are talking about soteriology. So they're talking about our salvation and how we were saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so this in particular, it is talking about, uh, well, the, the second word is election, mm-hmm. you know, God's electing grace and who he, uh, who sovereignly he wills to save. Right. Right. And so, um, so that's a, that's a nice, uh, offensive doctrine, I'd say, and and that's something we'll be talking about. But um, when we when we talk about how there's no condition upon which we were elected, um, it that simply means that God has chosen or, or elected, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, who He wants to save, mm-hmm. and it's not based on who they are or the works that they've done or right. anything that's found in them particularly there is it doesn't mean that there is no condition for salvation right yeah exactly obviously we have to um repent and believe yeah in order to be saved Mm -hmm. believe in jesus christ yeah that he died on the cross and was raised the gospel yes so yeah exactly so we do there there are conditions for salvation yes and there are um, things that we that we do in order to be saved. Now, like we said last week, or not last week, but the last time we talked about um, the five points of Calvinism, when we talked about total depravity, there is, it, because we are totally depraved, we can't um, seek out that salvation ourselves, right? That God right. needs to, God needs to um, change elect us. <laughs> yeah, change he needs to regenerate us in order for us to actually do those things. But those things are required, mm-hmm. right? Repentance and belief are required in order to, um, in order to be saved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think that that's just some groundwork to lay as we get into this whole idea of unconditional election. So, uh, basically, unconditional election it just means that we don't. Uh, 
it's yeah it, god doesn't look at us and say oh man that person that person is great i'm going to save that person he deserves to be in heaven right so so that's why i'm going to save him um and and when you think about it, when it's nice and simple like that i i, I it seems to me like that's really easy to accept. And I I don't see why anyone would have any issue with that. Um, when all, all it means is like, we are not worth saving and it's, it's grace that God has saved who he has saved. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's God's gracious act. I feel like almost any Christian that you talk to would think that that's the, like would accept that. Right would accept that premise. Um, but I mean, unless you go to Joel Osteen's church, but, uh, <laughs> but I was, I was talking about Christians. So, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Zoom, I'm kidding. Zoom, zoom. I'm, I'm being a jerk. Um, no, it's true. It's true that no one who goes to his church is saved. No, I'm being, a. Jerk. that's not what you said though. Well, okay. Let's just, let's keep going. <laughs> I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on my mocking of, of Joel Osteen. Um, but yeah, so it, it seems like it's it's an easy pill to swallow, but it it's when we start kind of pulling it apart that we start to see like why people have such an issue. And and I think I think one of the reasons is simply because of that second word, right? Election. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that God... Is, has chosen some people and not others. Right, right, exactly. Um, so, shocker, we're not universalists, okay? We don't believe that God has saved, that is in the in the final. Right, and if you are done, a Christian, you can't be a universalist because that's not Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it. It is a complete distortion of scripture. I'll say that. It's heresy. To believe that it's her Okay. Why why do you say that it's heresy? Why do you lose the gospel for believing that in universalism? Because if everyone's going to heaven, mm-hmm. then why did Christ need to die in the first place? No. Th- well, a Christian universalist would say that it's because Christ died that everyone's going to heaven. Except that scripture explicitly teaches that there are unbelievers and they will go to hell. Right. And that's why I'm saying it's a, it's a definitely a distortion of scripture. But I'm asking you why the gospel is is destroyed if you believe in universalism. So what about because the gospel? Because Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. And God has said that there will be unbelievers and that they won't go to hell. But again, Jesus is the word. Right. But I'm saying like, how, how did, how do you lose the gospel? Because it's that? a distortion of who Jesus is himself. How so? Because he is God and God has said in his word. Okay. So any distortion of the Bible of the word is heresy. Any distortion of Jesus. But you just said Jesus is God and Jesus is the word. So anything in the word, Right. Not necessarily, okay, but definitely anything having to do with Jesus's deity. Okay, but how would how would universalism deny Jesus's deity? I'm confused. Because Jesus is God, right? Yes, Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they are deliberately disregarding what God has said. Hmm. So anyone who disregards what God has said in any form in the scripture would be heretical? Like that counts as heresy and you lose the gospel? It would be sin yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about heresy for sure. Okay. Yeah, see, that that's all I'm trying to parse out is like, I... <laughs> and- Please, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? I, because like, you do I believe it's hella heretical. <laughs> well, no, I, I I literally just said I'm not a, a universalist, right? Uh, and I think I I did say I think it's an, an, a huge distortion of scripture. Um, I and I think, like you said, the Bible explicitly states that there is punishment. <laughs> 
for unbelievers and that um that god's yeah that god's grace is needed in order for us not to um not to be punished um and that it's the wrath of god that is against all unbelievers um so i don't believe in universalism i think Every argument that I've heard has been a poor argument, hence the reason why I'm I'm not convinced by it. Um, but I, when you say heresy, it just it, it kind of like that denotes that that you no longer have the gospel, and that which means that you can't be saved when you believe it. And and I don't know. I don't I don't know that it necessarily destroys the gospel. So I, I, I'm just trying to be, um, trying to be a little bit more careful with that term. And that's the only reason kind of went down that rabbit hole is just because I, I don't know that it necessarily condemns someone as an unbeliever. If you, if you hold to Christian universalism, uh, I think, yeah, I think it is a radical distortion, um, and, uh, of what the scripture plainly teaches. Anyways, uh, so where where was I going with that when I said that we're not universalists? Okay. A variation of Christian universalism teaches that those who are not Christian in this, li- in this life will convert to Christianity in the afterlife after suffering various, varying degrees of punishment. This is well outside of Christian orthodoxy regarding the doctrine of salvation since it implies that deliverance from God's wrath is accomplished after one's work of suffering is completed. This view is not compatible with the Christian faith and would demonstrate a person is not saved who holds to it. Unitarian Universalism teaches that everyone of all faiths will be saved and that Jesus is not the only means of salvation. Mm -hmm. This, of course, violates essential doctrine of the Christian faith and cannot be considered a viable option at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's one version of Universalism, Unitarian Universalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. If you, if you, that is that is explicitly destroying the gospel, denying the gospel, because the gospel is that Jesus is the way to the Father. Like right. only salvation can only be through Jesus. So uh, I just so wanted to make it clear: it is heresy. This Unitarian is heresy. universalism yes. is heresy. Yes, but there are other forms of universalism that would not say that there is any way to the Father except through Jesus. But they, they're they all would say, Yeah, 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 definitely. And th- that's what I'm saying, too. They're, they're yeah. definitely, uh, what's the word, heterodox, okay? It's not, it's not orthodox Christianity. It's, it's way outside of orthodoxy, of, of normal, like, okay. Christian belief, definitely. I j- Heresy denotes that the gospel is destroyed, that, that you no longer have the gospel in and, and, and that you can't believe in the the truth any longer because of a heresy that you hold. You're actually distorting the gospel of Christ. And Paul says that if you're um, that if you're adding anything to the gospel, that let you be accursed. You know, he mm-hmm. has very strong words for for people. I was going to say Christians, but you know, quotation mark Christians, people who claim to be Christians, who um, add to the gospel, right? He's saying you no longer have the gospel if you add to it. And so so I'm just trying to be particular with, yeah, with the words that we're using. But anyways, the reason I bring that up um, is just because we are not universalists. We do believe that there are those that are going to heaven, going to be eternally with God in heaven, and there are those that we believe are going to be eternally punished for their sins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because we believe that there are those who will receive grace and those who will receive justice. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's we're, we'll get into that in just a <laughs> second. Um, and so, because we believe that there are those two groups of people, ultimately, and we don't know who those people are, but because we believe that there are those two groups of people, we also believe that because God is um, all knowing, mm-hmm. that He knows who is in each of those groups. Right. Right. And so, because he is sovereign, yeah, right, yeah, because he's got that's a part of being yeah. God, like you know what's gonna happen, and you have the power over it. So, because um, he it. well, when we say when we talk about election, okay, this this word can uh can rub people the wrong way, okay, 
I um, love it. It's a, I do too. <laughs> and, the, and the reason is be, when you understand what grace is, right, exactly. that's what's so amazing about election is that, uh, is, is what this doctrine teaches. It's unconditional election. There was nothing I did. There is nothing in me that is worthy of being saved. It is all grace. Mm-hmm. I am a, a, a terrible human being. Like, like you had just mentioned, if God willed to show his justice through me, I would be punished for all of my sin for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. The wrath of God would be upon me. But instead, the gospel, Jesus took that upon himself, suffered in my place. Again, not because I'm worthy of that, right? but simply to show how much he loves, to show what his character, that, that he is a good God. Um, and that's what's so amazing about it. Uh, it's, it's hard for us to, to even understand, to even fathom the, uh, that kind of love and, and to really like think about, because we can't, we can't have the answer why. We, we can't answer the question um, as to why God did it because, the, or at least the answer to that question cannot be found in us. We can't, we can't say that it's anything about us. Um, it's, it's purely because of who God is. Uh, why is God like that? I mean, we can't answer that. It's, mm-hmm. it's who he is it's, it, and who it, it's who he always has been. Um, so, so election, we're talking about election. The, the reason that um, it can, it can be such a difficult word to get across. I mean, there's, there's a number of different reasons, right? Cause you're, cause you're getting into the whole realm of free will um, and predestination. Yeah. Predestination. Um, you're also getting into uh, issues of fairness. Like, is God really fair if he elects some to be saved and not others? Um, Even you know, is, is he really loving? Fallen short right. of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Right. So is it fair of him to choose some of those sinners and not to choose others? Um, so what, again, at the outset, I would, I would think is so obvious to any Christian, right? That ultimately uh, it's not us, that, that we're not saved because of us, we're saved because of God. Like, I would think any Christian would accept that. Then you start looking at it a little deeper and then you, you, then you can see a little clearer, like, okay, I can see where people would have problems with these, with, with this idea. I think ultimately it comes down to an issue of pride. Um, and, and when you see like what that actually means, when you say it's, it's nothing about me, um, it, it, that actually means like Mm -hmm. you didn't do anything to be saved. You couldn't have ever done anything. Again, I, I mean, not that you did not perform actions, but just that you did nothing to cause God to love you. Right. That's what I mean. So, um, yeah, th- th- there's a couple things. What, where do you want to get, where do you want to take this conversation? I know that we've meant, we've thrown out a couple different ways that we can go with this. Um, well, I wanted to go to Romans chapter nine. Yes. Great idea. <laughs> um, I was listening to a video that RC Sproul did way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, on this particular topic. And this passage of scripture he brought up, and I just thought it was really, um, it was it was really neat what he did with it because I had never even thought about that, thought about it that way reading this passage in the past. Or like even thought about this passage with this point of the tulip. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, I'll get into it. So Romans 9, starting at verse 10. And not only this, but there was Rebecca also when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. For though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, a key point, 
they hadn't done anything, good or bad. Very important, the next two words, so that. Those are very important words. So that God's purpose, according to his choice, would stand. Not because of works, but because of him who calls. It was said to her, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. So we see there that, and and keeping in mind that like in this, oh, sorry, stay on the mic. So keeping in mind that uh, in this time, the firstborn male was to be given the inheritance. Most of it, yeah, yeah. He he got half the inheritance and then it was... Right, like, but it was just a custom yeah, that the yeah, firstborn male... The lineage have, continued through, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and God switched that up with the with these twins. Right. He said that the younger would serve, or would, that the older would serve the younger. And so we see that it was because... God's choice. Mm -hmm. God chose that. Not because of anything that Jacob had done, as it said previously, Mm -hmm. that they hadn't done anything good or bad. So it wasn't based off anything they did. You know, it, it wasn't because God looked into the future and saw that Jacob would disobey him or that or saw that Esau would disobey him or that Jacob would follow him. It it wasn't based on anything they would do mm-hmm. or had done. It was so that God's purpose, according to his choice, would stand. Mm-hmm. And what, what version are you using? I'm using the NASB. NASB, okay. Yeah. Uh, he used the ESV when he was talking, so okay. it's probably a bit different. That's what I've got right in front of me as well. And and where yours says God's choice, mine actually says election. <laughs> the election oh, nice. of God. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I I mean it's the same thing. Right, right. It is it his is choosing ultimately his, yeah, his yeah, election. Yeah. The same thing. I, I just um because this word can can uh can be not necessarily loaded, but I think people have a problem with it. Um, the reason that, that I use it is because it's a biblical term and that's the only reason I wanted to, to point that out is that like in this, in the, in my version, like it literally says election that God elects people. Um, and in this case, talking about Jacob and Esau, his election, it, the thing about this chapter is it's so clear, right? Right. I mean, it says that. Uh, Jacob, I loved Esau. I hated. Mm-hmm. Like that's really difficult that's to get a strong around. language. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before they ever did anything, God loved Jacob and hated Esau. Mm-hmm. He had already made his choice. He had already elected um, Jacob to receive the inheritance and, and right. to like, and that that inheritance is Israel. You know, that was God's people. Yeah. So. And when Paul was discussing this, he knew that a certain question would be raised. And so he goes ahead and he answers that in verse 14. He says, what shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. So he knew that in stating this, people would be saying that then God is, isn't righteous. Yeah, yeah. in doing that, mm-hmm. so Paul addresses it and says, "There is no injustice with mm-hmm. God. May it never be." For he says to Moses, "I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion." So then, it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs but on God who has mercy. Yeah, again, it's, it's pretty it's clear. so clear. <laughs> it is, it's so clear. And one of the things that, that Sproul points out um, that I thought was, was really cool is um, 
Well, a little bit of backstory is that like, like you had mentioned, um, one of the ways that another view on kind of this, this idea of election and God's election, um, is a view called prevenient grace. And so this Mm -hmm. is the way that, um, Arminians would, the non-Calvinists would say, um, well, well, it's not really that God just kind of elects people based on whoever he wants. But he, because God sees all of human action, he can just see who is going to choose him, and then he saves those people, right? So God's election is therefore based on the person's action in some way. So it is, um, so it's it's not that, like, like, that's the way to kind of combat this idea of that it's unconditional election. Well, no, there was a condition, and that condition is that God knows who will eventually choose him, right? Because because God doesn't have to make the first move. Like because we can we can, because God gives us everything possible to save us and then we have to make that choice. Yeah. So therefore it's God sees right not monergistic. Exactly. Yeah. And so God sees who will uh make that choice and then decides to save those people. That's that's how they kind of get around. That's that's this idea of prevenient grace. Okay, yeah. and it's nope. Well, it's a pretty widely held belief as well. Um, but the thing that Sproul points out is if that was what Paul was talking about here, okay, when he said that um, uh, Isaac I love or Jacob I loved and uh, Esau I hated. Okay. If God was talking about prevenient grace and he was saying, oh, well, I, I hate Esau because I know he's going to sin against me. And I love Jacob because I know he's going to follow me, which doesn't work because Jacob's kind of a jerk for a long time. Yep. <laughs> but um, but because he knew that you know Israel was going to follow through Jacob, therefore he loved Jacob. And he hated Esau because he knew how much of a fool Esau would become. If that's what Paul was trying to say here, then the question that he raises would make no sense. Right. There would be no reason to ask if there's injustice on God's part. Right. Because again, this is so clear. Verse 15, he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. It has nothing to do with what the person does. Right. That answer would not make sense if if Paul was talking about prevenient grace. If he was talking about well he could have easily clarified like um if if the question was, well, why is God not being fair to to Esau? Why is he being so mean to Esau and loving Jacob instead? Paul could have been like, oh, well, 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 God would see that Esau is being a jerk to him. And so therefore God chose not to save him. Right. But that's not what Paul says. Paul doesn't even necessarily answer the question. (laughs) Um, He just says that God is in the right. Right. He will have mercy on whom he will have mercy and compassion on whom he will have compassion. And it does not depend on human will or human exertion. And again, I have to keep saying it because um because this is this applies to salvation. Uh this is human will and human exertion in whom God chooses to save. This is not in how we live out our sanctification. Obviously there is human will, there is human exertion um when we repent and believe but we are only able to repent and believe because God has elected us. Right. So it all kind of goes together. And and I think we'll see that as we go through all of these points in the tulip as well, is that it's not necessarily that they all like build on each other. It's that they all, it's like, it's almost like a house of cards, right? Like right. they all kind of depend on each other to be true and they all work together rather than, oh, well, the T is at the bottom and then you put the U on top of the T. Like, no, it's it's all kind of, <laughs> they all go together. Um, So we'll constantly be referencing back on other points in order for it to, you know, to, to reinforce our points. Um, So yeah, this, this section of Romans nine is so good and so clear. And, and I think, well, I mean, for almost any Calvinist Romans nine is kind of the linchpin, right? I mean, it's, 
because Paul is so clear in what he's saying, <laughs> now you can see, I mean, you can be sure because of this, because I also believe that because the word of God is is what God has revealed about himself, that that it is inerrant, that there is that it is all true and that yes. it all speaks the same thing. It does not contradict itself. Right. So when you read something so explicitly clear like Romans 9, I think that clarifies a lot of other passages of Scripture. Um, and notice what Paul does too, is that he's referencing things that God has done in the past. He's referencing mm-hmm. how God acted with Jacob oh, and Esau. Oh, he quotes the Esau. Old Testament constantly. Yeah. Right after, right after what we read, he then he talks about Pharaoh. Or yeah, he talked about Moses, mm-hmm. saying that he'll have mercy on whom he will have mercy. So verse 17, for the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I've raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whoever he wills. Paul again raises another point because he knows that his audience are going to take issue with this, right? One of the first things, you're going to get upset. Okay, naturally, you'd want to get upset. Like, well, if God can, yeah, well, let me just read it because this is what he says. <laughs> you will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? Right? He's saying if if God hardens whom he will harden, then how can he, how can he find fault? How can we be... um how can we be accountable for our sin if God's the one who hardens us? Because who can resist God? So verse 20 says, but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Mm -hmm. What will the molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he's prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he's called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Um, so he's talking about here, I mean, I, it reminds me a lot of Job, mm-hmm. how, again, he's not necessarily answering the question, you know, when Job cries out to God, like, why have you done this? God doesn't say, oh, um, well, this is why I've done it. No, he shows who he is. Right. He shows how, um, who he is and who Job is in comparison to him. And Job's answer is, is repentance mm-hmm. because he sees how, how good God is and how great God is and powerful he is and how his ways are higher than our way, how he understands so much more than we do. And, and how he ought to stop questioning God. Right. So it reminds me of that Paul's answer here reminds me of that because um, he's he's not necessarily gonna take you through a philosophical argument of how God is in the right and you're in the wrong. What he does is he goes back and he says that that this is I mean this is basically how God works. Right? Who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? What is, will, what is molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay? And I think also uh, something that we've talked about in the past is um, this idea as a Calvinist holding to these doctrines um, there, some people can take it too far, right? We've talked about hyper Calvinism, right? I do believe, and I, and I hope I, I continually try and stress this. I do believe that we have a will that we use, right? We are not just puppets. We're not just robots following God's will. Right. Um, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> sorry. Again, I want to pick apart all these words, but I feel like I'm getting a little bit too, much, too semantic. Um, but, we, but God does harden people. He does show his mercy on other people. And so what God wills, will come to pass, but he uses means. And in the, the way, what that means is, is that it is through our, he works through our 
he uses our desires. Right. Does that make sense? Like we are always going to follow through with our desires and therefore, because we are actually making those choices, God can find fault with us. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't think on the last day that anyone is going to make this argument that anyone is going to stand before God when God judges them and, and say, Oh, well you made me that way. So you shouldn't, punish me i don't think anyone is is actually no, gonna believe that I no think, one's gonna be able to do that right either, that's either that's gonna be like hiding that, or they're gonna be bowing yeah. that, that's an excuse that children make or they're gonna be dead <laughs> um that that like that immature people make is oh i did this because you know because of these extenuating circumstances right. i did this Not because you made me this way Right. I think when you're actually confronted with with your actions, I I think deep down, you know, you made that choice and you are accountable for that choice. Um, So I do believe in choice. I believe that that is even as a Calvinist who, you know, who holds to (laughs) um, that God, everything that God wills will come to pass. Um. I think he uses human choices in order to show his will ultimately. Like he's behind the human choice as well, but our choices are real and mm-hmm. therefore we um we receive the consequences of our actions. Um and that should humble us as well because again, we talked about total depravity and how we are marred by sin and so even like even as Christians, like our sin obviously does not no longer grants us what we deserve because Jesus took the wrath of God. Um, but we do also, there are consequences to mm-hmm. our sin um, and that we need to take that seriously as well. So yeah, unconditional election. Uh, this is, we, we kind of got into the weeds a little bit, which is really funny. Cause again, like when, when I, when I kind of threw this out and, and obviously we knew this, this was coming eventually <laughs> whenever we decided to, to get back on the tulip train. Um, I, I figured, oh, unconditional, like who has a problem with that? It's just saying like, okay, God didn't save me because of me, right? It's, it's not that I'm beautiful and lovely and wonderful and, and therefore God deserves, I deserve God's love, right? <laughs> uh, which like even that coming out of my mouth is weird, <laughs> but then it's like, oh, I, I kind of hear tinges of that in other people places that claim to be christian you know what i mean well and i think we honestly sort of tend to fall into that sometimes Mm -hmm. of like like when we have feelings of like entitlement yeah yeah you're kind of it's just sort of natural Mm -hmm. because we're sinners (laughs) yeah so um, but no, I mean, it, like when you really, and maybe it's just because I've been a Calvinist for a while. I don't know. Um, but when you, when you really start to take a look at what this is saying, it can get more, um, I guess the right, the, the term that I'm going to say is offensive because it, it, you, it, it takes humility to accept that it's not like, it is literally nothing that I have done that God saves me. There is no reason within myself for him to save me. But like we talked about at the start, like I think that's what makes it so glorious. Because if we did anything to deserve our salvation, it wouldn't be grace. Right. It would be... Well, that's the whole point of the five points. <laughs> like mm-hmm. They're called the doctrines of grace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, uh, I think it was Sproul who said it, but they all are... are design and you know this is kind of anachronistic because the five points were um were based on you know the what people had took issues with in in calvin's theology but all of the five points are to shift the focus back to god right right the the problems that people have in general with these doctrines stem from a way of looking at the scriptures that starts with man before going to God. Mm-hmm. Whereas like these, the whole um, structure of, of Calvin's theology 
um, was where you focus on God first, the sovereignty, and then yeah. man, yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. The main, the main thing is God's sovereignty altogether. And if you remember that, then everything kind of falls into place, right? Instead of like, <clears throat> how do we as humans experience God? You know, and I think that's where <laughs> that's where a lot of people get into trouble nowadays is um, basing it upon our view of God rather than than his view, right? What God has <laughs> revealed about Himself, yeah. so. Anyways, I'm sure, well, I mean, if if you're a Calvinist and you're listening to this, I'm, I'm sure you've heard all this before. <laughs> and if you're not a Calvinist, I'm sure I offended you. So I'm, I'm sorry if that happened. Well, I'm just surprised that I've gone this long being a Calvinist and had never seen that R.C. Sproul video before. <laughs> there you go. Maybe we need. Maybe you should go through that entire because he, he that ser- that's a part of a series on yeah. on, on the two, five points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we'll be. I'm sure we'll be referencing more of his stuff as we continue. I guess next will be I because we we did mm-hmm. limited atonement a while ago. So I is irresistible grace coming up next, um, which is just awesome. It's so, good. <laughs> so good, but and that rubs up against the whole idea of free will. Cause it's like, how do you have irresistible? No, we can resist what God's trying to do, right? Huh. Um, but that's huh. that's the American gospel, right? Um, that we can, that we're the ones who make the choice ultimately. I don't know. And I say American, it's not necessarily American, you know, Pelagius and all. <laughs> Way back when <laughs> the dude wasn't an American. Um, but yeah, good stuff. So, I guess rolling on to recommendations, definitely Reco Ligonier, R.C. Sproul's uh, video on unconditional election. You'll probably hear a lot of what we talked about, um, probably clearer. <laughs> Much clearer. And uh, and with a little more, I don't know, spunk. <laughs> Sproul is just awesome. Yeah. Um, May he so. rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, more yeah. than peace, He's, man. He is worshiping at the foot of yeah. the load. Yeah. I'm sure, like, ugh. I was going to say he's having the time of his life, but <laughs> it's no, after life. And, no, it just... His no. eternal life. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. He he did very well. You know, it, it, scripture says how uh, Jesus will say to, to his people, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. I, I'm sure he heard that. I believe he did. If that, I mean, <laughs> precious man. If we want to go down that road of like, did that does that happen now, or does that happen when all things come to consummation on Judgment Day? Is that when Jesus says it? So maybe he hasn't heard it yet. Oh gosh! But I don't want. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I think I think it's okay to leave it there. I think yeah, except to say that I'm sure he's experiencing joy in a in a manner that we can only fathom right now. Because that we can fathom. That we can only, yeah. No, that didn't make sense. <laughs> Words that we can um, only imagine. No, oh, gosh, <laughs> what it will be like. That's literally what that song is about. <laughs> Um, that's why i said i know i oh did you i thought you were just mocking the song um because you know it was both it was both (laughs) a little bit both (laughs) that's that's okay uh do you have any other recommendations uh his book what is reformed theology okay okay i don't know that i've actually read that one yeah the series actually the the video is from is a series called what is reformed theology oh sweet okay um so it's in book form cool as well it's really good nice nice i probably recommended it already on the podcast at some point but i don't care i reco it again (laughs) nice nice um i'm i'm trying to think how to how exactly to recommend this. Um, there was a point. So, so like I said, I went on a, a staff retreat the other day um, and it was day long. It was like uh, we went out to this, this cool place area of land. Just lots, lots of land, tons. I think it was like tons 700, of land. 700 acres, I think something like that. 
you know, staying in cabins and whatever. It was, it was beautiful. Um, but there was there was a, a portion of time where <laughs> Sorry. what? <laughs> I just I just thought <laughs> I just thought of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Huge tracts of land. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know how to recover from that. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the problem is that this is serious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's, that's what the problem is. Um. So okay, sorry, I won't tell a long story about it. Basically, um, our pastor had us all go out and, and have like a guided prayer time. And I, I say guided, he gave us some questions to to think over and to pray about. So so yeah, just a guided prayer time. He gave us three hours to go out and, and be with the Lord. And and it was it was open, you know. He was like, if you, you know, he was like, don't take a nap, but if you need to, you can take a nap, you know. Like if you need the rest, <laughs> go for it, but don't, <laughs> you know. Like he highly recommended praying. Um, and I hadn't spent a lot of time like that. I hadn't made time like that just to be with God and to pray over things and. I was very surprised by just some of the things that kind of came to mind. Because, and, and I guess some of the, the questions that my pastor uh, had, had given us to kind of think over were, were like sort of self-evaluation questions and, and really kind of trying to dig deep in like some of the things that you're afraid of and how does that play out in your life. Um, so, so kind of deep things that, that aren't necessarily on, on my mind all the time, but really kind of thinking about them. Um, yeah, I was, I was just surprised at some of the things that I had to repent of as well. Um, and it was, it was really good just to, just to spend that time, um, with God. And I mean, I was basically taking a three hour hike, which was awesome as well. So, um, what am I recommending? That's, that's, that's the question is um, I'm recommending three hour prayer hike. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can do it. Uh, no, but I, I'm recommending being intentional about taking some time off to be with the Lord. That's what I'm recommending. Yeah. I won't qualify it. That's, that's my recommendation. Cool. I did think of another reco. Yeah. What's that? Uh, the other night I uh, watched Monty Python in the Holy Grail. no, um, but now I want to. Anyways, I sort of discovered, well, I say I, I, I discovered it for myself. I'm sure other people have probably done this before, but I made some hot chocolate and I put mm-hmm. some cinnamon and some whiskey mm-hmm. in it and mm-hmm. it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. There you go. Yep. Alcoholic hot chocolate. It's really good the cinnamon was really nice too and it, yeah i just it all went together really well i was i was impressed thanks I dig it my own I'm, little concoction yeah all right well any other thoughts before we head out nope all right well if you guys have thoughts send them our way we've got a facebook page we like so thoughts. talk to me podcast we've got a uh, email address so talk to me podcast at gmail.com and we're also on Twitter. So underscore talk to me. The Twitter. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions, if you think we're wrong, if you think we're right or just okay. I don't know. Whatever. We're not whatever very active on Twitter. Not necessarily. It's, it's more just like, Hey, another episode's out guys. Yeah, basically. So, but I mean, if, if you tweet at us, we will take note notice. I was gonna say we'll tweet if back. If you tweet and I think at us, we will, but Josh will tweet you back. Yeah, generally. Because it's generally me. I'm afraid of Twitter. Oh. Dang, confession time. Yeah. 
Well, I just tend to be, I am naturally kind of combative and controversial. Mm -hmm. Like, so I just think that Twitter would be a horrible place for me. (laughs) Yeah. So so here's, this is the way that I see it. Okay. In terms of social media platforms, because Facebook and Twitter are basically the, the main ones that I use. Facebook, it asks you, how are you feeling? Right. Mm-hmm. Facebook asks you, what is your status? Okay. Twitter asks you, what are you thinking? Okay. So what is in your mind at this moment? And I think that makes That's a dangerous. big difference. Right. Because Twitter feels more transient to me. It's like, what are you thinking about right at this moment? So whether it's a joke or whether it's, I'm so mad at this politician, um, <laughs> that gets thrown out there a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So people jump to conclusions a lot on Twitter. Not saying that doesn't happen on Facebook, but to me, Facebook feels more thought out, more intentional, just slightly, just slightly. Mm. So anyways. Yeah, I just think that the Lord has done a lot of work on me. (laughs) And I think that if I were to join Twitter... I would backpedal a lot. (laughs) All right. Well, then, yeah, it's probably not, probably not a good idea. (laughs) I'm just really sassy, you guys. Really sassy. And sometimes that's fun and can be a good thing. Yeah. But other times it's really not. (laughs) Really, really not. Yeah. So it's probably not conducive to the general tone of twitter yeah to just add twitter seems just like a place of no self-control yeah right which exactly. is why exactly. i'm like i should not even go there yeah well there you have it but if you want to tweet at us <laughs> josh will tweet now you that back. we've bashed twitter um yeah you can do that you can hit us up there but until next time friends go um talk to someone Talk to your friends. Talk to your spouse. Talk to us. Talk to us. We'd love to talk to you. We like the talking. Yeah. I love to talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you used that a couple weeks I did. ago. Yeah. That's true. We're not going to do that again. Come on. Originality, Samantha. Um, Originality. I quote things and sing things all the time. I have no originality. <laughs> They're all from other things. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. But I'm just saying, wait a little while till you use the same reference again. <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, until next time, guys. I don't care. Bye. 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 Felicia.